Hi, this is Corey Turner. And along with my wife, Simone, we are the senior pastors of Numa Church. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast today. You're about to hear a message from one of our team that we pray builds your faith and empowers you to follow Jesus more closely. Enjoy the message. Wow. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Yeah. You know what the Lord is doing in Pastor Ralph right there is really just a sign of of what he wants to do tonight. And uh, I really just feel the Lord is calling us to come up higher and it's really upgrading to the glory. That's what I felt as I was praying. The Lord said, I want you to upgrade to the glory. And how many know that when you step into the glory, there's a lot of things change. You can't stay the same yourself, but there's, there's so much that shifts and changes when we really ascend into the glory. Just grab a seat, please. I'm going to just start off by referring us to um, Exodus chapter 33. You know, I, I'm going to teach a bit tonight, and then we're going to just see what the Holy Spirit wants to do. By the way, the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Glory in First uh, Peter 4.14, for example. But the glory of God is where we're going tonight. We want to talk about the glory. What does it really mean for us to step into the glory? And uh, in Exodus 33, I'm just going to give a quick overview of this passage. Um, God's pretty upset with his people. They just said, worshiped a golden calf, and they'd done all these things. And he said, I've had enough. I'm not going to go with you. I'm not going to personally take you into the promised land. He said, I'll send an angel, a messenger, and he will take you into the promised land. You will inherit the promise, but my presence will not go with you. Wow. Now, I want you to think about that for a moment. How many of us in the modern day church would be content or would even know the difference? Wow. As long as we are experiencing the benefits, the promises, uh, we're good, right? Okay, so I'm healthy. Um, you know, I, I've got the joy of the Lord. That's all good. I'm prosperous. Things are going well in my life, and I'm blessed and highly favored, right? But where is our hunger and our desire and our yearning for the presence of God? So Moses, of course, he continues, and he actually says, verse 12, Bring, you say to me, bring up this people, but you've not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now listen to this, verse 13. Now, therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, consider too that this nation is your people. I love that. In other words, Moses is saying, God, it's your problem, Okay. I mean, it's your problem. These are your people here. Like, don't just pass the buck and, and just give it all to me. And then he says, look, he says, I, I want to know you. Show me now your ways that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. And he said, the Lord replies, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. All right, so now Moses has what he wants. Moses would not settle for just the promise, but he said, I'm, we're not going without your presence. And then, of course, it continues, and he says, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here, for how shall it be known that I found favor in your sight, I and your people? 
It is not in your going with us so that we are distinct. Notice this, that we are distinct. I and your people from every other people on the face of the earth. In other words, that which makes us distinct, that which distinguishes us from all other people on the face of the earth is your presence. Your presence. Guys, we are the only faith, so to speak, that the founder attends every service. He's here with us. He's not in the grave. He's alive and he's with us tonight. His glory is here tonight. Did you feel that? There was a shift in the atmosphere in what God wants to do. So there's something here that Moses said. He said, unless your presence goes with us, then no deal, God, because only your presence it distinguishes us from any other people on the face of the earth. And I want to just say that prophetically, I believe we are in a season right now where God is making a distinction between those who call on his name, those who tout his name, and those who actually have his presence. Ministries that just continue to go along without his presence are struggling in this season. And we are in a time where God is saying enough is enough. He's saying, I am making a distinction, and there is something that is happening, and God is calling us not only as ministers but as his people to step into the glory and to really embrace and seek after his presence. Because how many know that the darkness isn't getting you know, less dark? We're in a time where we need the glory and the presence of God more than ever before. All right, so what happens? Okay. Then it says this, and the Lord says to Moses, this very thing that you've spoken, I will do for you, for you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. All right, so what does Moses do? Wow, look at what happens next, verse 18. Moses says, please show me your glory. In other words, he's saying, God, while we're, you know, while I'm, I'm being bold here, I, I want to ask you for something more. I want to step into your glory. Show me your glory. We've seen your presence. We know what your presence is like. But I want to experience your glory. Wow. And just a couple of, I don't know when it was. It's been a, kind of a blur. Well, one, one of the revival services, I was just sitting there and I just felt like the Lord said, ask me for my glory to be manifested. Ask me, show me your glory. And honestly, the next thing I know, I hear someone standing beside me saying, Lord, show me your glory. And I was like, wow, God, you're really serious about this. Guys, he's calling us to a place where he wants us to step into his glory. And I want to tell you that the glory is what makes the difference. Some of us, we struggle with things. There's things that kind of are attached to us and hold on to us and hold us back and weigh us down. But when you get into the glory, these things can no longer stay in, uh, in that place of connection and detriment to your life. It has to change when you step into the glory because the devil absolutely hates the glory because he knows it's the only thing that can stop him. So God has created us for his glory. Do you know that? You were created for the glory. 
Isaiah 43, verse 7 says this. Those whom I've created for my glory. Those whom I've created for my glory. Think about this. When God made Adam and Eve in his image and likeness. Now those, those words in Hebrew, image and likeness, are very interesting. Likeness essentially just means uh, just to be like him. Uh, it, it literally means to resemble or, or to be a pattern of something. But the word that is translated image literally comes from a Hebrew word that is translated shadow. Shadow. Now think about this. In the natural, our shadow does not look like us. But our shadow behaves exactly like us. In other words, if I move my arm, my shadow moves. If I jump, my shadow jumps. If I spin around, my shadow does as well. It doesn't mean the exact resemblance, but it literally speaks of something that we do in the sense that we are called to be image bearers who are intrinsically um, resemble who he is, but also externally we do what he's called us to do. In other words, to be made in the image and likeness of God means we're called to reflect his nature, his glory, and his power, and his goodness. Guys, wherever we go, we resemble him. Bill Johnson says that our shadow will only reflect that which overshadows us. Think about Peter for a moment, right? In Acts chapter 5 in the early church, what was it that the people said, if we can just get close to him so that his what? Shadow will fall upon us. Then, And it says in the text, in verse 16 in particular, it says that people came from the surrounding villages, guys. Do you think about this? It says great multitudes came. Multitudes came. Probably thousands of people came just to be close to Peter so that as he would walk by, his shadow would fall upon them. And it says that each person that came in contact with him was healed of sickness or disease. And if demon spirits were harassing them, the demons had to go. Paul, Acts chapter 19. Here he is. Handkerchiefs, aprons taken from him and touched his body, placed on the sick, placed on the afflicted, placed on those who are demonized, and miracles take place instantly. There's been a few times in my tenure of ministry where I've seen the glory of God come into a church, into a, a village, into a city even. And it's an amazing thing when the glory of God shows up. You know, I remember one time in Nigeria and Africa. Okay. In Delta State. And while I was there ministering in Wari, you know where that is? Okay. I could get even closer. We're ministering. And the glory of God shows up in such an incredible way that people are falling out under the power of God. And there was one man that was there, and he was just worshiping God. You could see that he was just, just enamored and, 
in the presence of God and by the presence of God. And I walked up to him and I just placed my hand on him and I just prayed for him. And he went out under the power of the Spirit. Later on, after the service, he approached the pastor and he said, Pastor, something happened to me today. He said, what do you mean? He said, well, when that man touched me, he said, I felt this fire go through my body. He said, it was a fire that just burned through my body. And pastor, I feel different. He said, well, that's great. He goes, no, no, pastor, you don't understand. I feel very different. I feel strong. I feel healthy. I feel like something has changed. And he said, well, what's wrong with you? Or what was wrong with you? He said, pastor, I was diagnosed HIV positive. And he said, I think I was healed. Now, I did not command this man to be healed. I didn't even know he was sick. I just put my hand on him, and he felt fire go through his body. He was baptized in the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues at the same time. But later on, about two or three weeks later, we received a, a, a message from the pastor saying that he had gone and been tested at least by two different doctors, and the HIV was completely gone. He was healed. Today, he lives in London, England, very healthy, very strong, no HIV. The man was completely healed. Guys, I'm telling you, when the glory of God shows up, it doesn't matter what we're facing. It has to go. It has to go. Psalm 8, amen. Verses 5 and 6, you made them. A literal lower than God. Some translations say angels. and other translations says heavenly beings. It's the Hebrew word Elohim. You made them, meaning humankind, a little lower than God. You crowned them with glory and honor. Think about that. You crowned them with glory and honor. Very interesting. The word that is translated crowned can also be translated surrounded or covered. They were surrounded or they were covered with the glory of God. Now, Adam and Eve are in the garden, right? And how many remember what clothing, you know, apparel, line, whatever they wore? Anybody remember? Nothing. Okay. All right. Okay. So, but what happens is when they transgress the word of the Lord... And they eat the fruit that they shouldn't have eaten. Immediately, they become aware of the fact that they are naked. And what do they do? Cover themselves. Very interesting. I believe, even though there was a sense of, you know, their innocence had had been uh, defiled in that sense, I believe there's a more plausible explanation here. What has happened is Adam and Eve were covered, crowned, With glory. But Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Everything God has made has a covering, by the way. And so they fall short of the glory of God. Now, very interestingly, the Greek word that is translated fall short is hysterio. And it can be interpreted in this way, to fail to reach a goal, like to go across the finish line, for example. But there's another way it can be translated. 
to be inferior in power, influence, and rank. To be inferior in power, influence, and rank. Frankly, what I'm saying here to us tonight is that when Adam and Eve transgressed God's commandment, they lost the glory of God. And how many know that the authority that Jesus gave us is connected to the glory? There is no power without glory. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. There is no kingdom, dominion, or authority without the glory of God. So when Jesus shows up to planet Earth, the, you know, it says in Luke 19.10 that, that he came to seek and to save that which was lost. And, and certainly that means he came to forgive us of our sins and to restore us to relationship with the Father. But he also came to restore that which Adam and Eve forfeited in the garden. There are at least three things. Number one, eternal life and relationship with God was restored. Remember that. They had intimacy with the Father, right? He would come down, it says in Genesis 3.8, in the cool of the day, he would walk with him in the garden. And then there was that intimacy, there was that. But according to what Jesus did, Luke, I'm sorry, John 17.3 says, and this is eternal life, that they may know you. It's the Greek word gnosko, which means to know personally, intimately, and experientially. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you sent. So the thing that Jesus came to do was to recover our eternal life and relationship with the Father. So restore intimacy. Secondly, to restore the glory that was forfeited. John 17 verse 22, Jesus says, Father, the glory that you've given to me, give to them. I've given to them. I've restored to them. That glory that was forfeited, I've restored to them. So Jesus came to restore the glory. And then lastly, he came to give us power and authority, right? Matthew 28, 18, all authority in heaven and on earth is mine. Therefore, go and make disciples of the nations. It's a very powerful truth here that we have to understand what Jesus came to do. To restore, guys, the glory. You were created for the glory. God wants you to walk in the glory. God has fitted you by the redemptive work of Jesus Christ, so you are now qualified once again to be able to walk in the glory, to be able to carry this glory. There's so many scriptures that, that I could refer to. Um, let me just use this one, 2 Thessalonians 2.14. Paul is talking about the gospel. This is what he says. He called you... By our gospel for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. He called you by the gospel for what? The obtaining. Okay, the word can also be translated possession. The possession of the glory. We had um, Saturday during the, the volunteer summit. We had a revival breakout in the foyer. Um, you know, there was, I was speaking with some wonderful people. We're talking about how God's saving people from around the world of different faiths and religions and how they're coming to see Jesus in his glory. 
And there was a woman out there, and, you know, we found out that she had a, just accepted Jesus, actually. Was this on Sunday morning? Was it Sunday morning? Yeah, she had just accepted Jesus this past Sunday. And um, we're, I just said, praise God, you know, so excited to do that. And I just felt like the Lord gave me a word of knowledge, and I asked her about, does she need healing? And she said, yeah. So we prayed for her, guys, and out there in the foyer, she went out under the anointing and the glory of God, and the presence of God came upon her, and she just had this beautiful encounter with Jesus. How many know that when you encounter the glory, sometimes it can be scary? Right? I remember being in America and ministering in a church. And there was this young lady that came forward for prayer. She said, pray for me. And she said, I feel torn. I feel tempted. And really, I'm just tormented. And so we just laid hands on her and prayed for her. And she went out under the power. And she was out for like over an hour. And when she got up, she said, I had something happen. And she said, it was scary. I said, what was it? She said, I had a vision. And I saw this angel, holy angel, and he had a sword in his hand that was on fire. And he was moving that around. And here I was standing on one side, and my boyfriend was standing on the other, and he was telling me to stay away from him. Now, her parents were very concerned about her. This relationship, it wasn't a godly relationship. It wasn't a good relationship. And they were very concerned for her. And the Lord came in and said, I have great plans for your life. I want to use you, but stay away. This has got to stop. I'm telling you guys, when the glory comes, it puts things in their proper perspective. When the glory comes, it helps us to prioritize what is really important with God. Sometimes you can't sing, you can't talk, you can't do anything. I remember being in a Russian-speaking nation with Russian-speaking people, and I won't say where it is because it's not politically correct right now, but um, anyway, the glory of God came in, and no one could stand. Everyone was on their face, prostrate. And at one point, I was looking around, and I'm like, what do we do? And I'm like, we can't do anything. And I tried to, to get up. I couldn't even get up. Like, I was stuck to the floor. Literally, yeah. I couldn't get up. And at one point, I'm like, all right, this is amazing. But I really felt like the Lord said to me, if anyone gets up right now, he said, I'll set them right down. <laughs> in other words, he was saying, this is a holy moment in my awesome presence and glory. Don't stop it. Just go with what I'm doing. And if anyone tries to, he said, I'll, I'll, I'll take them out. <laughs> it was that scary. I thought about the angel with the sword. Yeah, it was that, honestly, holy and, and dreadful. And, and I want to tell you that I believe that God wants to restore his glory. 
on the Numa Church, guys, at Numa Church, right here to you, to me. There's a place that he wants to take us. You know, when we step into the glory, guys, and we really experience it, man, we don't have to do hardly anything. It just happens. We meet people. We talk to people. Miracles take place. It's just things that you've been hanging on to, things that you've been like, God, yeah, this thing... It's not good, but you've not let it go for some reason. You've just not been able to get the victory or or deliverance in that area of your life. The glory will do it. The glory will take care of it. And we all with an unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord as being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to the next. Paul says we are to seek for glory, honor, and immortality, and when we do, we will find eternal life. Eternal life isn't just pie in the sky when you die. Eternal life is now. This is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God. Eternal life is now. Eternal life is now. It's something we experience now. Guys, the hills or the mountains, I just sounded very American, didn't I? (laughs) Listen to this. The mountains melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. Now, I want you to think about this in closing. So here's these seven sons of a high priest named Sceva. You remember the story? And they're like, man, this is really cool. Paul goes around, he invokes the name of Jesus, and he commands demons to come out of people, and the demons listen. Let's give it a go. Let's try it. So they walk up to this man, they find him, and they say, to the spirits, the unclean spirits in him, in the name of Jesus Christ, whom Paul preaches, we adjure you, we command you, come out. And they're like, really? I mean, are you you serious? And who are you? Paul we know, and Jesus we know. But who See, there's a teaching that circulated for several decades now that basically says if you speak it, it'll happen. These guys spoke it, but it didn't happen. Why? Because the authority is in the glory. The hills, the mountains melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. When we are in his presence, come on now. I love this scripture. Luke 6, 19. And the crowd sought to touch him, Jesus. For power came out from him and healed them all. I saw that happen in Brazil. I was ministering in a church and 
The glory of God was there. No wonder these guys started church at 9 a.m. This was Sunday night, 9 a.m. I get there, rock up at 7 p.m., and they haven't stopped. Worshiping, praying, some preaching. They worship for another couple of hours, then they ask me to come up and minister. And as soon as I, I get up there, I just shared a little bit, and I began to just minister to people, and the glory of God came in that place that people started falling out with no one touching them, bodies piling upon bodies to the point that literally the young people, okay, talking about, you know, early 20s, late teens came up to me and just start touching me, and they're all following out. I am, I'm, guys, I'm, I'm wrecked. Like, I'm a mess. I'm, I'm weeping. I'm broken. I'm like, God. And demons are coming out of them. And, and they're being healed and baptized with the Holy Spirit. Just touching. There's just this power, this glory that's coming out. And I want to just say and challenge us that we're in a time where we must pursue the glory. We sang about it tonight. You can just have the worship team come. We sang about it tonight. Come and behold the beauty of who he is. Seek his face. Behold his glory. Guys, that's where we need to go in this time and season. This is where we're going to experience it. You know, the power is not in the preach. I, I can preach, but I just felt like God just said, just go up and share a few things tonight. You know, when William Seymour at Azusa Strait, he was not very eloquent. How many know that? But he sought the glory of God, and, and he obtained this glory. And when he spoke, you felt it. You felt it. The weight, the anointing, the presence, the atmosphere changed. Miracles took place. You know some of the stories. Arms growing back. Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff in the natural. Before COVID, I had a dream one night. Dream was very simple. I saw all these people. And uh, most of the people that I could see in the dream were under a, a weight. It was like an oppressive, an oppressive force. Some of them were bent over. Some were on their knees. Some were even laying prostrate on the ground. And then it was like the camera that just panned and then and went to a different area. And I saw it kind of zoom in. And it was like in the midst of this, there were individuals. And these individuals were not being affected by this oppression, by this darkness. They were standing and they were walking and they were moving forward. And I could see like a light around them. And right at that moment, as I'm seeing this in a dream, I hear Isaiah 60, verse 1. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you.
upon you. Verse 2, for behold, darkness should cover the earth and deep darkness the people, but my glory, my light, my presence will be seen upon you. Then the voice of the Lord said something very profound. But he said, we're about to enter into a season where those who choose to opt out of the glory. How many know you make a choice to opt out of the glory? Are not going to be able to endure. Darkness is coming. You're going to see a shaking. You're going to see a distinction. But those who value and seek after my glory will rise up. Will rise up. I had a, a denominational leader of the largest Pentecostal denomination in America. I had lunch with him and he said, I want to bring you in to speak to our pastors. They have over 600 churches in that region. And he said, and I want you to talk to them about the power of the Holy Spirit. He said, our churches no longer have the power. We don't have the power of God. We started off at Azusa Street. We had experienced it, but we've chosen most of us to walk away from that and we desperately need to go back. Praise God that he saw the need. We are in a time, guys, God is saying, I'm making a distinction. I'm marking my remnant. Those who will carry my glory and seek my face. There's a price to be paid to carry that glory. There's a price. Die to self. Seek his face. Stay broken. Stay pure. Stay humble. Stay clean. And God will use you. God will use you. And when he uses you in the real glory, this is what I found. It actually causes us become even smaller it's not like oh look at me look at how God uses me it's like who am I that he would use me and all the glory goes to him are you hungry tonight are you here tonight and you're like Moses like God no presence no way are you here tonight and you're like, Moses, you say, Lord, I've had and experienced your presence, but I want your glory. I want your glory. It's time to upgrade to the glory. It's time to upgrade to the glory. Guys, I'm telling you, you will be shocked at what happens when you begin to step into that. You're going to see things manifest that maybe you didn't know were in your life. God's going to set you free. He's going to deliver you. Stuff that you've been in bondage to, mindsets, brokenness, pain, 
addictions, all of these things are going to go. They're going to go. They're going to go. It's going to go tonight. In Jesus' name, it's going to go tonight. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's stand together. It's going to go tonight. Come on, just begin to say, Lord, show me your glory. Show me your glory. Make that your prayer. Make that your cry tonight. Show me your glory, Lord Jesus. I want your glory, Jesus. I want the glory. Show me your glory. Show me your glory, Jesus. Show me your glory. Thank you for joining us for this message today. We don't assume that every person listening has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today, we invite you to begin following Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The Bible teaches that every one of us has been created for a relationship with God. Sin has separated us from that relationship, but God loved us so much that He gave us His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus lived, died, and rose again, conquering sin, Satan, and death itself. If we believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead, and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So if you are ready to pray in faith, turning away from your sin and believing in Jesus for your salvation, please pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse my heart from all of my sin. I receive by faith the free gift of eternal life and I ask that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit. I thank you that I am born again as a child of God and that you have made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, we would love to know and help connect you to a local church in your area. You can contact us on our website, numa.church. Thank you for listening.